Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again, talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how is it going? I had a sandwich before we started, so now I'm quite happy. Yeah. There now you go. Now you're content. Now I'm content. I can. I'll be honest, Connor. You could hit me with any news today, and I would say that's grand <laughs> because I've just had a sandwich. Well, that's good because our first story is a tragic story. From oh me. no! Oh, I overreached. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be hard to spin in a comedic way. Uh, uh, tragedy. Uh, Batman's yeah. an orphan. No, that shit. <laughs> oh, go fuck it hell. Um, so this is Movie Monday, Sean, and as usual, the, the movie, the movie world, the movie landscape, it's all a bit on hold. It's a bit up in the air these days. But why ever so, Connor? <laughs> because of the, as we said, the flames outside everybody's window. And oh, I forgot about the on. flames. <laughs> But what we do have every single week, we still have news trickling out. Hollywood doesn't stop for no virus. It just says, we're we're prettier than any virus, so we're just going to keep going. Yeah, you can't stop this crazy train of Hollywood, <laughs> man. Uh, so, we are starting with possibly the weirdest and the strangest man in Hollywood. Who am I talking about, Sean? Nicolas Cage? Oh, just behind him, Timothy Cruise Ship. Timothy Cruise Ship, the man who, <laughs> let's be honest, will probably die on camera for realsies. <laughs> well, a few weeks ago, we talked about Tom Cruise's space movie. That is untitled at the minute, but they are going to shoot it in fucking space. They're going now up said, to the ISS, isn't that right? Yeah, it's pretty big. It's a big deal. Um, And so, you're thinking... That's pretty mad as it is. But Universal are behind this movie. And the big news that I have for this week is we have finally found out the budget for this movie. In that Universal is going to commit over $200 million to Tom Cruise's space movie. (laughs) Jesus, how much are they hoping to make? (laughs) Surely... That seems like a lot. Is my only is my only comment so far is Jesus. That's a lot of money. That's nearly too. No, it's not nearly. It's very much too much money. Like, if anything, they're really just paying two hundred million dollars to get Tom Cruise off this planet. I, <laughs> in the hopes that they just slightly miss the station and he just keeps sailing into the sun. <laughs> and he'll never return. Like, two hundred million is. That, surely that they're just getting the price of rocket fuel or something like that. 
That yeah, is it like fifty million for the movie and then a hundred and fifty million for the rocket fuel? And not nothing for Tom Cruise because he does it for the love of it. He does it for the love of the. <laughs> Oh, oh, the manic laughter, of course. <laughs> of course, uh, of course. Do you want to know some movies, Connor, that were made for $200 million? I would. I've got a list here. So, Titanic was made for $200 yeah. million back in 1997, by the way. <laughs> James Cameron doesn't fuck about. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield Jeez. one. The Amazing no Spider-Man way. 2. <laughs> oh, my God. Black Two. Panther. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That made like seventy billion dollars, so fair enough. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, another classic. <laughs> Dark Phoenix, the new one. Did you did you say Dark Phoenix or God with the Wind? I couldn't quite hear you. Oh, I said uh, Ben Hur. <laughs> ben Hur, yeah. Uh, and also the movie Twenty. Actually, Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. Oh my God. So, there's clearly a bit of a divide. You can go the Titanic route, Black Panther route, or you could go maybe the Dark Phoenix, Green Lantern route with $200 million. That's a lot of money. That's so Um, much money. Like, it's... And I don't know if... Well, it depends what this movie is, because if it's a Mission Impossible movie, I think it stands a chance of making a profit. Um, But if if this is like a... Just a new... Here's a movie kind of movie I that's a big risk to take see that's interesting Be- I'm just thinking in terms of Universal committing that much money to a Tom Cruise project would be normal if it was 2005 I think but I think Tom Cruise is in his 50s now um, he's closer to 60 than he is to 50 and not to say that he'll lose it with age but how? I always ask how long can he keep doing Mission Impossible Tom Cruise movies repeatedly, but has he lost his star power? Not like obviously Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise; he's not going to lose all of it. But there's very few massive draws in movies these days. Is Tom Cruise still that draw? Because the Mummy came out, and that made very little money. It did. And so I don't know. Like that's the thing. I don't think he's as much of a draw as he once was, um, and. He has a really interesting career because as it goes on, he's going to have less and less of a draw. Just that's how every actor but, functions. But he still has Mission Impossible, which is the bankable thing. But he's it's like he's doing the Mission Impossible, um, let's call him the show pieces. You know, like the, the stunt that Tom Cruise does that he really shouldn't be doing. Like, And then he's on Graham Norton going, ha 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 ha, isn't that cool? Jumping on a couch if he can. But of course. It's like it's happening inverse to the movies because the the older he's getting, the more ridiculous outlandish stuff he's doing. Whereas if he was, you know, 20 or 30 year old Tom Cruise hanging off the side of a plane, it's a different, um, it's a different level of risk than a, you know, a 55 year old man hanging off the side of the plane. Yeah. Still risky, but uh one you know, if you had to pick one, you'd pick you'd be the younger guy doing it, surely. <laughs> Even though like you're if you fall you're still gonna die, but it's like, oh well his bones might be a bit tiny bit stronger. He's thirty five and not fifty five. Exactly, yeah, you have the extra twenty years to just like figure it out. <laughs> so, like, in this movie is this a gamble? Is what I'm asking, really. I think so, because I mean, gamble is 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 a. It, it's the closest word we can find to it because I'm sure there's some spreadsheet or some graph in Universal that says, okay, w- putting this much money in with this actor, uh, with this level of promotion, we can expect to make this much back, just based on like mm. past trends and everything like that. But. I mean, there were a, a lot of surefire films that were meant to come out this summer that haven't come out for a reason that no one could have foreseen. Yeah. So I think it, like it, it's it's entirely down to just what the world is like when this movie comes out. And also, Elon Musk is also involved in this. Oh, so, I mean, awful. So is, Hate him. is that a good combo? Tom Cruise, Elon Musk... <laughs> Finally, the combination we've all asked for. Oh, it's like caramel ice cream and salt. 
<laughs> Actually, salted caramel is pretty nice. Let's not let's not yeah, put that on the yeah. ice cream. Uh, no, this is like getting kicked in the balls and the face simultaneously or one after another. Uh, no, one after the other. Um, balls first, but you still know the face kick is coming. So it's oh, still in your head. You're like, oh, it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm only 50% done, but in pain. Why? Well, look, at least this will be a great stunt for the next Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> Tom Cruise is listening to this making notes. <laughs> Fuck, Henry Cavill could kick what? me really hard in the balls. What if after everything, hanging off the side of the plane, going to space, the one after it is just, oh, he gets kicked really hard in the balls for real. <laughs> But his great selling point would be him on talk shows going, I didn't even have a cup. I literally just felt like I didn't have a penis and that I didn't to take just, the pain. I just really wanted to properly get that pain across on camera. <laughs> like, so they are committing $200 million to this space movie that is untitled and just has, uh, it has Tom Cruise, it's got Elon Musk, Coming together with NASA to send Tom Cruise off this planet and hopefully maybe we don't let him back in. I don't understand the concept. Like, maybe he'll forget his passport while he's up there. It probably costs a lot of money to get, like, space cameras. Like, cameras made who can just float around. Yeah, because, yeah, what do you do there? Do you get astronauts and train them to be cameramen or do you get cameramen and train them to be astronauts? The training can't be cheap. No, uh, I imagine. I imagine a lot of time and energy goes into it. <laughs> I don't think it's like that Simpsons episode. Oh, <laughs> like, but that's the whole plot of like that's everyone's problem with. Well, people have other problems with Armageddon, but a lot of the discussion around that is: would it not just be easier to train astronauts to drill? <laughs> yeah, it actually probably would. To be fair, because they're already training the in the tough bit. I'm not saying drilling is tough, but as a scale, I think training your body to go to space probably slightly tougher than learning how to use a drill. No, it's a very big drill. We'll grant them that. <laughs> it's pretty big. It is pretty big, but at the same time, space. Oh, you have a good point there, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, $200 million. If you think, Jess, I don't have enough money for rent, just know they're giving $200 million to this movie. What's the world coming to? Um, we're moving on to our next piece of news, and that is DC's animated department. So um, we've had a lot of movies come out in regards to the DC animated universe, a lot of Batman properties over the last few years. Yes. Um, they've had Batman Under the Red Hood. Uh, they had, they've had a lot of Batman um, and Justice League movies over the last few years. And so... This, they're now bringing out a new one, which will be Batman, A Date in the Family. Now, oh. why this is this wouldn't normally be news. This is like, oh, uh, they're just going one by one through Batman's biggest stories and making it animated fair play. But why this is interesting is that DC's animated Batman, A Date in the Family, will allow viewers to decide whether Robin lives or dies in the DVD itself. What? Yes. Okay, so, this... Okay, so... It's Black Mirror combined with Batman. I was just thinking that, or that weird Bear Grylls show where you have to keep him alive for a while. Or he uh, just keeps drinking piss. (laughs) Press X to drink piss. (laughs) There's no other buttons. Press Y to drink piss. Press X to drink piss. Fuck. There's just numbers on this remote. (laughs) But for people that don't know, uh, Death in the Family was uh, a comic series, uh, comic you know, event uh, in Batman in the mm. 80s? Was it? Uh, yeah, 90s? I think 1986? Yes. 87. About, or, yeah, the, the tail end of the 80s. The good years. Yeah. Um, the good years! And it's all about uh, uh, Jason Todd, Robin, going, looking for his mother and uh, eventually crossing paths with the Joker. And yeah. the... <laughs> The one Jared is, Leto Joker, the uh, the best Joker, the only Joker as far as I'm concerned, and the only one I'll accept Cannot from t- here on out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> him or Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the second and the second to last issue of the comic run, um, Jason Todd is 
tied to a bomb and the Joker is coming towards him with a crowbar. And then you turn the page and it was a it was a call in like there was a a certain a number you call if you want Jason Todd to live and a number you call if you want Jason Todd to die. And because mm. people didn't like Jason Todd at the time. So Because he was a he was a bit whingy. He was a bit whingy and everyone was just like, Oh, Dick Grayson was way better. Um Yeah. So which Connor doesn't agree with at all. But, I don't agree with it. I think Dick Grayson's the worst character. <laughs> in all his iterations. But in all of life. Apparently the editor of that comic um, said, oh, I had two versions of that comic in my desk drawer. One where he lives and one where he dies. And and it's never been released, the, the version where he lives. Um, yeah. And he gets blown up and uh, it's... It's, it shows, like, Batman trying to get there on time. And so it's all set up so that, like, you have a way to get out of both ways. Because, like, Batman's arriving just as Joker's about to blow it up. And, like, in every other comic book, Batman comes into the warehouse, k- picks him up and gets out of there just in time. There's, like, a second left on the bomb and they just just barely escape. Yeah, they just but haul ass this, out of there. Just this time, Batman arrives and the warehouse fucking blows up in front of him. And there's no way to get out of it. They did a vote, and there was 70... I think the fact that I have 75 people was the difference between the two votes. I think it was like 10,000 and something one way, 10,000 and something the other way. That's ridiculous. Uh, If he lived or died. And so it was was so tight between the two of them. Um, And eventually it was decided that Jason Todd would die... Um, and they did it in the comic books in that they killed this Robin, that he was more disliked than he was liked by however short a margin that was, or a small a margin. Um, and so with this DVD, they're going to be doing the same thing, that you turn up and you're watching the whole movie, and then just at the end of it, you get to decide whether he lives or dies. Now, and presumably, like you're going to get to see both. Like it, It's not the... It's not as set in stone as it was in 1987. Uh, no, I'm pretty positive. It would be strange if he lived because that creates a whole different timeline. Yes, because like, and it, and it eliminates because Jason Todd for a very long time was one of the few comic characters that ever stayed dead. Him and Uncle Ben. Him and Uncle, yeah, that was it for the longest, longest time. But then it was was it under the Red Hood was when he was brought back. Yeah, Under the Red Hood was uh, when he was brought back as the Red Hood. So yeah. they just brought spoilers for all of this, by the way. Spoilers for all of this, and so it was decided that um, he was brought back through the Lazarus Pit. So he did actually still die. Yeah, oh yeah, like he's canonically he's had a death, but mm. like it, it's I get and look, it's cool that I think want to say right off the bat it's cool that they've, they're doing this because it's an interesting like what if scenario that I think more you know more comics could benefit from that and comic readers are totally cool with oh this didn't actually happen but it's a cool story so we're going to tell it mm. and it was kind of touched on in Under the Red Hood um, in 2010 that movie came out so this is like 10 years later and this is kind of seen as like a prequel to that Okay. That also oh, Right. I don't think you could do a straight up prequel because it's shown in Under the Red Hood the movie, The Dead Seeds. Yeah, and like you you could maybe do with that because Batman arrives, the place blows up, and like Jason Todd does survive it for a second. Mm. Like because he shields his mother and then Batman comes in and Jason dies in his arms. And so, the way this this the way this movie does it is that um, if Jason does die, it does the same thing happens. He becomes Red Hood, right? Yeah. Uh, or if he lives, he becomes Red Robin, which okay. is uh, is what which is what Tim Drake becomes in later years. Okay, so it's but presumably he'd be a bit more aggressive than Red Robin because that's Jason Todd's whole thing. Maybe unless it completely like. It's like, no, he would be a completely different person without this event. Yeah, maybe he becomes, like, a really good person. He's just like, oh, my, my hubris led me to that. And I'm just going to take a step back and not jump into situations anymore. Maybe. And he just, like, starts calling Batman on his own shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bruce, you're also fucked. I didn't want to say it. Little Dicky's the best of us. That, that's what he'd say. 
I'm just saying. That's what he'd say. That's what we're. That's what we all think. That's what we're all thinking. Um, but yeah, I just, I just read that. And I thought that's fucking interesting that they're starting doing this. Is this going to become more common? In movies, do you think? Because they're always trying to come up with ways to like get us more involved, get the people more involved. People like to feel like they're part of the story, and you know what I mean. So yeah. let's make them make the movie. But oh well, well they're certainly going to make the movie. But we'll push a button and see yeah. what happens, and then we'll rewind and yeah. click the other one. Oh, it'll be good. It'll be Bandersnatch all over again. I ah, oh, Bandersnatch was was odd. <laughs> so uh, do you think it'll become more common that this happens like interactive movies I it could do like th- okay Connor you might not like the sentence I'm about to say but okay. do you remember on Shrek 2 the DVD yes there was far far away idol I oh do I remember I watched it every day <laughs> I th- like the three the three blind mice saying I can see clearly now didn't they? That that's very true. And pu- and Puss in Boots and Donkey sang "Live in La Vida Loca." Oh, a classic! A classic. So I think like little fun added content. It's clearly non-canon, but I mean, for an animation, I think it suits really well because you don't have to build a bunch of sets and everything. And I know animation costs money, but. You know, you're not hiring the actors to and stunt performers and cameramen and everything for an extra two weeks of filming. So you're saying animation isn't real movie making? That's exactly what I'm saying, and I want that written on my yeah, grave. Okay. <laughs> and yours. <laughs> and mine. Sean once said this, here lies Connor. <laughs> That's a weird quote to go out on, but fair play. Fucking lucky stood by his views. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just I read that and I thought that combines our two favorite things, which is comic book weird, comic book nerd shit, and this weird new trend that might be starting in Hollywood that we get to pick the endings of movies. And I think this could solve a lot of the internet's problems because people are always complaining about how movies end. How it should have ended have made a whole website on it or a whole page on YouTube. So if you get those guys come up with every ending that could possibly happen, give me 40 options. I want to choose every single one. Yeah, yeah, like it's going to be interesting when like um there's a movie that comes out you know in an established universe and it might be animated it might not be. But there's no definitive ending that you you know you pick like a Bandersnatch in the Marvel universe that there's a bunch of different ways to tell that story and then which one do you follow as like what actually happened with relation to the rest of the universe yeah i think that's gonna happen eventually yeah what's canon which is that's like it's a very comic book thing to be like oh no that's that's not canon didn't actually happen but Mm. i don't know it'd be interesting Um, to see yeah okay so, considering that comic book news, I've come back, we're going back to back, we're going to go comic book news, and then I'm going to come back with a crazy casting idea from the mid-2000s that I think you're going to like. Um, so, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, everybody's favourite man, world's nicest man, my greatest enemy, as has been discovered on this show. As we know um, well. As we know well, just pick a feud with somebody who's real nice. That's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And so The Rock has said that Tim Burton did a movie in 2005 called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He did. And it came out this week that Dwayne Johnson said that Tim Burton considered him to play Willy Wonka in the 2005 movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Sorry, he The Rock. The inst- The Rock. As Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory owner. Um, but yes, The Rock put up a post of him watching uh, the 1971 film. And he was kind of just, he put in the post, he was like, I was asked by Tim Burton to do the movie uh, back in the early 2000s. And um, he considered me to play Willy Wonka in his remake. Um, and he remembers say, thinking, holy shit, I'm in. But that was many years ago when I was just starting out in Hollywood with no foundation of global box office strength or any real acting experience to even pull it off, he explained. The role, of course, went to Johnny Depp, who at that time was the biggest star in the the world. The rest was history. Which makes sense. 
Um, yeah, from like a studio perspective, completely understand it. Because The Rock in 2005 is not 2020 Rock. No, 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 no. Like now he would be like a no-brainer and everyone would love it. Mm. So I've come to you, Sean, with that movie from 2005, which is batshit insane. What do you think The Rock would have looked like in that role? I mean, I it would have been it would have been really interesting because I picture him in like, you know, bright purple suit, mm. and you know, give him a cane. I mean, he can sing as well. We've seen that from Maui. Yes, that's true. So if he did want to do any musical numbers, that would be totally cool. But can you imagine he- though, The Rock? Meeting, uh, like... Charlie Bucket. Christopher Lee, I was going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, how do you... Imagine the young rock that you'd have to have in the flashback sequences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'd have to have a child rock for that scene where he's like, when you come back, I won't be here. And then the whole house is gone. But, yeah, like, the rock... Well, the rock could lift up that house, presumably. But He could. Presumably he could. But back then he wasn't as big as he is now. No, uh, he was maybe a couple of inches shorter. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Oh, right. no, I, I meant wish-wise. Oh, you're ta- oh you're talking girth. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I th- I think he's still six six or whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> he's been six six since he was like twelve. <laughs> yeah, did you ever see that picture of him at sixteen with the full mustache? Yeah, yeah. People in school always thought he was like a cop undercover. <laughs> <laughs> so I just the, the idea that he came out and was like oh I was considered for that role that is such a mad casting choice especially for the time because as he said Robert, um, not Robert Downey Jr uh, Johnny Depp was the biggest star in the world at that time because Pirates of the Caribbean had come out um, he was pretty pretty hot on everyone's lips like John, Johnny Depp was the guy you needed for, and Tim Burton of course he was all about Johnny Depp and so Having The Rock in that really weird role would be completely different, but also, I think it makes it more threatening. Because when those children start getting killed off, which inevitably they will become, or start getting killed off, The Rock has a bit of an air of, I fucking meant that. (laughs) Oh, oh, like he's totally in control, is the thing. (laughs) Yeah. I think it'd be really interesting. You think Mike TV is giving The Rock shit? No, if you walk in and my TV's there and The Rock is Willy Wonka, you go, fair play to you, sir. I love chocolate. And you know in the flashback where like he's journeying to find all the great chocolate ingredients and everything like that? Yes. We've seen from Jumanji that The Rock looks great in jungle gear. <laughs> he does. You know, so I think, I think there's some merit to this future <laughs> remake we'll have. I think The Rock should now be cast as as, as Johnny Depp. As he should Johnny now Depp be cast as rules. Johnny Depp. As Johnny Depp, yeah. No, but he should be cast. Uh, can you imagine him in Pirates of the Caribbean? I can, and I would love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, any, any scene that he's in, it's just intimidation for everyone else. It's just like, yeah, we're going to die. Oh Yeah, imagine him coming at you regularly, first of all, but then also with a sword and a gun. <laughs> you know what? Take whatever the fuck you want. This is Go your ship now. <laughs> this is your earth. You can have the earth. This is your earth, sir. <laughs> um, so yeah, Johnny Depp. Um, he might not have been cast as Charlie the Chocolate Factory if The Rock was slightly bigger back then. Which it's another weird timeline that no none of us in this world have ever lived in. But there, there's a timeline that exists where The Rock was cast as uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Maybe they made more of them. Maybe that was his big break. That, that, could, have, that could have skyrocketed him into success. He could have been in The Tourist with Angelina Jolie. But unfortunately, he's now just stuck in the doldrums. What, it's just a case of what if. <laughs> what, it, uh, yeah, another, another what if. Maybe... Maybe we do a Bandersnatch version of The Rock. (laughs) There's a situation where he gets cast and now he's not the biggest star in the world, which is weird. Yeah, oh yeah, what if that destroyed his career, actually? Fuck it out. See, no, I think The Rock is too charismatic. It couldn't destroy him. 
He'd still come back. He did The Tooth Fairy in like 2010. The Tooth Fairy was a quality movie. Was it? Well, it was alright. He was also in uh, The Game Plan. Did you ever see The Game Plan? Was that the one um, with the guy from Pimp My Ride? I th- no, that's... Um, what, what am I thinking of? The Game Plan is the one with the soccer team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That, that's, that's all I can say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we're moving on to our next piece of news. And this is terrible... This is a terrible idea with some good people involved, Sean. This is, sometimes when I put the show together, I kind of scroll through things and I see headlines that are just like, what? Like, just, what is happening? And, for example, this week, just as, um, just as I said, as an example, Toy Story 3, the director came out this week and said, yes, the ties can die. Now, mm. I read that headline and I thought, really no need for it, sir. But fair play to you. Maybe we could have left that out. Uh, in what <laughs> like, capacity the do they die, the... though? <clears throat> I think he means, like, die. As in, like, they can die. They can... Like, not coming back. As in... But, but, as in, okay, so if they all went into the furnace... Yeah, their souls leave their bodies, yes. The, uh, okay, um... <laughs> Was there a need... But that is my example because my story this week is six-time Oscar-nominated woman Amy Adams, one time robbed of an Oscar in for um, what was the movie Arrival? Arrival, yes. 2015's Arrival. She, she. In my head, she still won it that year. But six-time nominee for Oscars, Amy Adams is going to be starring in a movie where a single mom thinks that she's turning into a dog. Now, right. What would you call this movie, Sean? Um. Hmm. Think of the worst name. <laughs> Sorry. Dog mom. Night bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Night bitch is from Kickass. It's a book. What? I'm ba- yes. Why would you call it this? Is this a family movie? Well, it's not a family movie if it's called Night no. Bitch, surely. A- Amy Adams is Night Bitch, a single mom who thinks that she's turning into a dog. Th- okay, so she thinks she is. <laughs> yeah, thinks she is. It's actually so, a wolf. It's, it's a very clear distinction, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so she's definitely got the Oscar for this, right? Like, it's in the bag. <laughs> she, six-time nominee. If she doesn't win it for a rival and she walks it for this, I don't know what to say. This is a Leo situation all over again. She'll have to climb inside of a bear dog. <laughs> bear dog. <laughs> or dog bear. Or, um, no, no. None of that. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Um, according to a new report, Annapurna Pictures has secured the rights to Night Bitch, which is now being developed with the intent to have Amy Adams star in the leading role. The novel isn't set to be published until the summer of 2021, but was snatched up by the studio in a hurry. Um, The the author of the novel is on board to adapt her novel for the screen, um, and they have cast Amy Adams on board to produce the movie as well as star in the leading role. Just to ensure that the concept of Night Bitch is brought across correctly. Really, it's really important the name Night Bitch gets said multiple times. Do do you think there'll be like a, a, a roll credits moment where someone looks in the camera and just says, what a Night Bitch? And then a slice mark and go, I've done it again. Um, Night Bitch centres on an unnamed woman and former artist. I don't think you can be a former artist. I think you're always an artist at heart, Sean. An artist is something you are, not something you do. No, not something former. Like, if you did a painting once, you're still an artist. That's, That's true. If you've ever done anything, you're an artist. True. Um, former artist. She is suddenly pushed into a stay-at-home domestic life after giving birth to her son. She soon becomes concerned that she's turning into a dog. See, you've gone <laughs> from A to G here. <laughs> <laughs> Someone writing the synopsis is like, fuck, how do I link these two together? Right, uh, she's had a son. She's had a son. Um, do I do a comma? Do I do next paragraph? 
She's afraid she's becoming a dog. How do I fit that in? Yeah, I feel like they've they've said, oh, I'll fill that in later. And then they've just left mm. it. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's why like, they were so keen to pick it up, because it seems so new and interesting. <laughs> so, turning into a dog, her husband, who travels for work and is often gone, is quick to dismiss her fears, which, to be fair, no matter how much of a dickhead he is, I think... Don't be quick to dismiss fears. Oh, no, actually, do be quick to dismiss fears that I'm afraid I'm turning into a dog. Look. Not possible. I don't, Not possible, step one. I, I would also be quick to dismiss those fears. Because I'd be like, look, maybe you're feeling a bit down. Maybe, maybe you have, I don't know, maybe a sore foot. But I'm not going to believe, Susan, that you're turning into a woof-woof dog or a night bitch, as the kids call it. Or as you insist on calling yourself. (laughs) Night bitch. Um, Meanwhile, she is forced to contend with a very, very physical and very real manifestations of her anxiety and her dog-like personality. Her dog, like persona, um, having only her two-year-old son as company. Um, Sean, what are we thinking here? Are we thinking Amy Adams has maybe gone off the deep end here? What's the story? As in her character or the actor herself? The the, the actress herself, yes. Uh, maybe both. Mm. Uh, <laughs> no, like, this is a wild concept that... I, but but also, all movie pitches sound kind of dumb whenever they're read out. Okay, like, but this is called Night Bitch. Oh, and like the name needs work. Because you, you also <laughs> yeah. can't market that. No, you can't. How would you change it? You see, that's what... For bitch. Inglorious Bastards, they spelled bastards wrong. And that's True. how they were able to do it. So unless you spell bitch with a Y or something like that. Oh, that's good. Or that's you, good. What if they they like misread the memo and they misspelled night? <laughs> oh, so she becomes like a, a soldier. Mount a horse and just like into battle. Into battle. And she's a bit like, she's just a bit on the bitchy side as she's doing it. That's like, it, it's, I feel it's going to be... It's going to be talked about more for the name, and I don't think a lot of people are going to see it. Yeah, um, she has won. She has been nominated, as I said, five times for best supporting actress and once for best actress in the Oscars. Uh, she was nominated for June Bug, Doubt, The Fighter, The Master, and Vice, and best actress for American Hustle. Um, so, I mean. At the same time, also she's Lois Lane in the DC Extended Universe, so there's a very loose link to comic books here. But I, this is just a story that when I'm putting the show together, I find all sorts of terrible movie ideas. And I don't normally associate them with Amy Adams. And so when I read of a book that has a woman turning into a dog, maybe, maybe it's all a metaphor, maybe it's above our heads. And maybe when in the book it becomes across as like, oh, the dog is like her anxieties in her head. Maybe it's like, I don't know, something like that. But on paper, as you said, it's called Night Bitch and she's afraid she's turned into a dog, Sean. <laughs> is it a werewolf situation or is it a... Well, no, she only thinks no, she's says, turning into a dog. Well, the synopsis says she thinks she's turning into a dog. Never says she doesn't turn into a dog. True. What what if at the end of this movie she turns into a fucking dog? <laughs> the last scene. The last scene is just a wolf howling at the moon. It's like, <gasps> and then Santa was real all along. Then, no, a wolf howling at the moon, and then a very small chihuahua walks out. There she is. <laughs> just, mom. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, um, when you think, once again, if you're having your ideas, you're feeling a bit down on ideas, just know Night Bitch is getting made. And so there's hope for us all. Any any screenplays you have at home, send them on. They could get picked up. Netflix um, will take them. <clears throat> they'll take anything. Uh, we're moving on to our next piece of news. And this involves Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, he is, of course, very famous for starring as Kingpin yes. in Netflix's Daredevil series. And he has come out this week and just made a simple comment 
comment, I should say. He said, um, the actor Vincent D'Onofrio thinks a Joker-style solo movie for Kingpin would be a good way to go with the series. Sean, what are your thoughts? I believe it. Um, mm. especially, especially if it's Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, because he was a lot of my favourite part of uh, Daredevil when I watched it. Like, Is Daredevil not already kind of like a Joker movie? For 50-50 of it. Like, it's 50% Matt Murdock, but then it's also 50% Kingpin. Yeah, like, it's... It, it, they're, they're both very heavily, like, influenced by their pasts and the way they were raised. Um, I'm specifically thinking of one episode of Kingpin's story. Um, but... I See, do you just do the same thing again? Or do you do, like, his whole life? Or do you just do, like, a week, like they did in Joker? You could do it, yeah, like what turned him evil, but they've kind of already done that in the series itself, have they not? They have, and like there's no reason you can't do it again in like, you know, a 90 minute movie. Because um, I think people like Vincent D'Onofrio, and I think that's a good sell for people who aren't necessarily comic book fans, because it is just like a gangster story, really. And they are doing Venom, they're doing Morbius. Like, if you needed another Daredevil Spider-Man character or villain, Kingpin is sitting there. You also have Vincent D'Onofrio, who is amazing in that role. He's so good. I also saw him with hair and a beard on the internet during the week, and it's oh. weird. Oh, yeah, it's we- I just imagine him in that role. I also seen him in, um, was it uh, Seven Brothers? What was the one with Chris Pratt uh, from two years ago, the Western? Seven Brides for Seven Maybe Brothers? I- <laughs> no, oh no! It's a, it's a remake of an old movie. The Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent Seven. That's what I'm taking. Jesus the Seven Brothers. I was the, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, he's also in that movie with hair, and I was just like, oh my god, it's Kingpin. He looks fucking weird. I just he think looks it's weird. awful. The um, yeah. What like when it comes to Kingpin? Do you think there's an audience for just a Kingpin movie? No. I don't. As as popular as Vince D'Onofrio is, I don't know if there's a widespread audience that to, to, wants to see it. They want to see him in Daredevil story, and, and he'll be the best part of a, a Daredevil movie, or if he was in Spider-Man, a Spider-Man movie. But I don't think he has the draw that Joker has. Even though the Joker movie as a concept I didn't really like as well, but I think Joker's a more of a name draw than Kingpin is. Fair. Do, but do you think it would trick people into thinking it's not a comic book movie? I think you'd have to throw something in there. Like, they'd have to do some weird Easter egg. But I think it, it might... If you make him a character that's incredibly... Is he the protagonist then? Like in this movie, or is it just in his head? I suppose it'd have to be a Joker scenario, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I trust Vincent D'Onofrio to take up good roles. Did you see the the rumor that they could be casting the Big Show as Kingpin? That's fucking amazing. <laughs> the wrestling's the Big Show, who is seven foot tall. He would actually be really good as the Kingpin. He would, and he like. I don't. I don't think. I don't think anyone would be really mad at that. Like, I get. Like, D'Onofrio is kingpin for a lot of people, but Big Show would be fucking amazing and hilarious. And like, yeah, I think Vincent D'Onofrio's acting skills on Big Show's body, I think, would cause the ultimate just kingpin. To, you'd be like, he's going to murder everyone, but at the same time, fuck, he's so good. Oh yeah, like you. You would want him. To kill people in that show. <laughs> if I wanted to see Daredevil, go watch season one ASAP. It's on Netflix. Oh no, has it been taken off Netflix? I don't actually know. Um, it might be. It's on Disney Plus or Netflix. It's on one of them. Um, and it's just season one Kingpin when he gets that guy's head in the car door. I think like for the first six episodes, he's completely calm. He never does anything. He never even raises his voice. And then there's just one scene where he goes fucking mental. 
and he crushes a man's skull. <laughs> and so, and then you're like, oh, right. Oh, that's the level we're talking here. Yeah, that's... Now we've set the stakes. We've set what this character mm. can do. I, and that works really well, because, like, for all the first episodes, you see Daredevil, like, taking out rooms of people, and you're like, like, Daredevil's going to kick the shit out of this guy. He doesn't even do anything. And he's just kind of walking around, and then he just flips a switch. And he just... You just see the raw power of the kingpin. You're just like, oh, yeah, if he gets Daredevil in his hands, he's going to break all of his bones. Yeah, his body is, like, 99.5% muscle. <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay, so I just... I said I'd throw it out there. Kingpin, Joker-style movie. It might work, uh, especially if Vincent D'Onofrio's involved, because I think he's the best part of that whole thing. Yeah, and get Charlie Cox um, in so, as well. Always get Charlie Cox in for Daredevil. He's great as Daredevil. The two of them are just perfect castings. And Foggy. <laughs> <They're> foggy. <laughs> get Foggy back. Everyone loves Foggy. <laughs> Everyone's favourite character, Foggy. Um, we're moving on to The Flash Director. Now, Sean, you have been mad at me. You've been saying non-stop how excited you are for Ezra Miller's The Flash movie. Now, we covered a few weeks ago that um, you also had Michael Keaton. He was going to be involved in this movie in some way. Well, now that the, the Flash director has come out and the plot description further points to this movie being a Flashpoint movie. Sean, what are your thoughts on this being a Flashpoint mo- movie, first of all? I Okay, I've historically been against the idea of doing Flashpoint right out of the gate in a Flash movie. Go right out. However... one to seven. However, I think this is the only way they can fix things. (laughs) (laughs) When you fuck things up so badly that their first Flash movie has to be a Flashpoint movie, I think you've gone wrong. What they need to start doing is they need to... Like... Do Flashpoint and then get everyone signed on for like seven movies each. And then you can yeah. just, you can work it out from there. Even, no, even though even sign the actors, just sign people that know the characters. Like sign some really good writers for seven movies. Well, isn't Jeff Johns like super involved in the DC universe? See, I think he is, and he would be... This has been, like, an ongoing thing for years now, where he's involved, but he's not involved. And then... But there's a weird thing where, like, when good things happen, people are like, oh, that's Jeff Johns. And then when bad things happen, that's like, oh, they didn't listen to Jeff Johns. Um, Jeff Johns is one of the best comic book writers. But it could just be a thing where he's one man, and you have Warner Brothers there on the other side, and they've got a lot of people there that are looking at paperwork. They're looking at surveys. And he's like saying, maybe we could do this. And they're saying, I don't think that's going to work. Because the best example of this I can give is that news came out last week or the week before uh, for The Dark Knight in that David Goyer, David S. Goyer, one of the writers from The Dark Knight movie with Batman and the Joker um, said that they had terrible fightbacks. Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers fought for months about the fact that Warner Brothers wanted Joker's origin to be in the movie. And he kept saying, no, it's better if it's not. And they kept going, people want to see an origin. So that is what you're up against. With the So if Jeff Johns, if Christopher Nolan, who's Who's the most famous director in the world? Mm. He he has he's fighting them. Jeff Johns is de- is down as a consultant, like he's head of this thing. But they're gonna go above his head for most things. Yeah, and he's not there on set, being like, no, maybe less gun, please, less gun. Maybe maybe ba- maybe Batman shouldn't shoot people. What? That's just a wild idea, guys. Just what? But. Superman should definitely not break that man's neck. I'm just putting it out there. No snappy snappy on the necks. I don't Superman mind the neck snap. Superman to be a nice man. I don't mind the neck snap. No. I think it could be like a new, not a new trend, but like... <laughs> a new trend? All the kids are doing TikTok neck snaps. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok indeed. Uh, but, uh, oh, very good. Very good, Connor. Like, I don't mind the next snap with Superman because it felt like a last resort kind of thing. But Batman will... His first instinct is gone in those movies. Yeah, go straight to gun and then work back. 
To punch us. Yeah, once you run out of ammo. <laughs> once he runs out of ammo. Oh, fuck, I have to punch them. Aww. Oh, wait, there's a grenade there. Let me throw that into some guy. My poor fisty wists. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Flash director has come out and said that it is going to be a story of time travel. He says that the Flash travels back to try to save his mother, um, and so it's a, he says it is it is a spectacular action movie, but it has a big heart. Obviously, he's going to say that. Um, it, I think pretty positive this is the one of uh, the plots from the Flash TV show, like season two. When he travels back in time to save his mother. Yeah, I think that's the exact plot of it. Yeah, I think so. But, like, that's... uh, Now, there are going to be a lot of people who have never encountered a Flashpoint story before, and this is going to be unreal for them. Um, Mm. And I think, not to bring Marvel into this, but I think having it come out after Endgame, where there was a whole bunch of time shenanigans going on, I think that will benefit yeah. them in that a very large audience is now exposed to, oh, time travel can happen and it doesn't just fuck everything. See, that's interesting that you said it might benefit them because my brain immediately went, oh, it's already been done. Oh, fuck, they're behind. They're already behind See, in just the time travel things. But yeah, it's, it makes sense that they like Marvel cleanse the palate in like, this is how you do it right. So DC, this is your way to do it. That's true. Like, I and I think the... On the Marvel side of things, we never saw the future that they fucked up. You know, like they they weren't really running around in you know you know a massive war zone, and there's um, you know everyone we know, but they're different now. They weren't really doing too much of that, so I mm. think this this still has some new ground to tread, but it has a good like precedent of people understand it. And the, the the plot of Flashpoint itself is that Barry goes back in time and he tries to save his mother, which that's what you're meant to do. Uh, Nora Allen, I think is her name. Um, and so she was murdered by like uh, the bad Flash, reverse Flash, uh, when Barry was a child and his father got framed for the crime. So Barry goes back to try and save her, but in doing so creates a whole separate timeline when he comes back to the future in which, say, like, you have Thomas Wayne, who's now the Batman. Uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne dies instead of his parents. Joe Chill kills Bruce Wayne. And then uh, Batman's mother becomes the Joker because she goes mad because Bruce dies. And there's just, like, there's just a domino effect in that he does this one thing to make his life better and it makes everybody's life in like immediately worse. And then you have the very heroic thing where he thinks, okay, I have to put it back to as much as I can the way it was before. Yeah, and and that's where he, like that's where the growth of the character comes in. Yeah, and that's I think that's a very good Flash movie, but I think it works a lot better if it's Flash Three and not Flash One. Yeah, yeah, because we don't know this Flash, really. We've seen him dig a grave and eat some pizza. True. And he caught that Batarang that one time. Also true. That was pretty yeah. impressive. Uh, was pretty he did cool. some quips. Oh, he was quipping. He was quipping. Uh, like, look, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt until the press tour starts, or until the first trailer. And I think if he comes back in time and it comes back and suddenly Ben Affleck is Robert Pattinson, fair enough. You've got your one veto. Flashpoint is literally their veto. It's, yeah, it's it can be their reset button. And it's very powerful. It's pretty cool that you have a whole storyline that's literally set up to be a reset button because you already have done the new 52. And so they yeah. have to reset it then. They'll just reset it again. Um, and so, yeah. That that's what they're doing. The it's going to come out in twenty twenty two. That's what they've said. Summer twenty twenty two. So that's only two years from now. Yeah, that's not long in the grand scheme of things. No, uh, and also time means nothing now. So that could be next week, for all I know. I think it was um, yesterday. I think it was. Um, we're going to move on to a small piece of news that I thought would interest you, Sean. Um, it's there's nothing really here that's like. That's, there's a, there's not a lot to sink your teeth into, but it's just interesting because I have early Back to the Future script, everyone's favorite movie, Back to the Future. Yes, um, the early, early, 
early versions of the script script involved Indiana Jones's nuke the fridge plot point. <laughs> oh, this well, I know this. I know this story. Uh, Do you? Yeah. So the the time the time machine was originally meant to be uh, in a fridge, mm-hmm. and so did they change it because they were worried kids would start locking themselves in fridges. <laughs> Yes, that is true. Yes, sorry to like you know rip that story from under you, but yeah, oh, like uh, so they, they what they did was they built it into a prohibitively expensive car, um, and so uh, John Cryer tried out for the role, and he was doing an interview, and he said that the script was actually very different from the one that he auditioned with. Um, according to Cryer, the original script did not feature a DeLorean as the time machine. Additionally, the time machine needed nuclear fis- fission um, and a secret ingredient to work. That ingredient was Coca-Cola. Can you see any brand deals happening here? Um, the final sequence would have featured Marty stumbling across an atomic test site and ultimately having to seal himself inside a refrigerator while the time machine carried him back to the future. <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> what do you think of um, I just read that and I like that they said it involved Indiana Jones's nuke the fridge plot point because the nuke the fridge plot point is the best part of any Indiana Jones movie uh, like what, name one scene from any other Indiana Jones movie you can't it's you all can't. fridge all the time He's a 60-year-old man sitting in a fridge and he survives a nuclear bomb. Does anybody else think of that? No. Only Indiana Jones thinks that fridge is going to be able to withstand this nuclear bomb. Do you ever, like, fear that one day we will get trapped in, (laughs) you know, a nuclear test site and then Mm. we'll be, like, running around, the sirens will be going, me and you will be running around being like, what do we do? Mm. And we'll both look at the fridge and Mm. there'll be a moment where we'll be like, oh, we're going to have to chance it. (laughs) No, it'll only be room for one and I'll let you try it and I'll actually be like, I'll try the bat. It's as good as anything. You know what I mean? Oh, a bath. Well, I'd rather be in a fridge than a bath, I think. There's no way you could get flung 70 miles through a nuclear bomb land and not immediately break all of your bones. Oh, I'm not saying I'd survive. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's either that or just wait outside for the bomb. Wait outside. I would rather wait outside than have that cool, cool Coca-Cola flowing through my system. But there, but there was a lot of Pepsi stuff in the finished Back to the Future movie. <laughs> oh, actually, that's true. They, they must have changed it just because Coca Cola pulled out of sponsoring them. Like, do you think that they pulled out, or they were just like they got a better deal from Pepsi? Maybe they got a better deal. Yeah, Pepsi are like, we'll pay you not to do that plot. Get a car. Just, just yeah, like. Uh, no, I do think kids are stupid enough to do that, you know? Like, actually mm. climb into fridges. And that's how the you get sued. Kids are fucking tick. Kids are dumb as shit. You so, ever met a kid who's smart? You haven't. I was smart. No, I wasn't. No, no. You're not even smart now. Oh, la- ah, here now. <laughs> not ah, on. no. Ah, don't come agree- on. Don't agree with any of that. <laughs> Let me ring my mom, I'll ask her. And I said, oh, no, she agrees with you. Fair play. <laughs> Straight away. I didn't even have to text her. She just texts me to say I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, has a, she has a schedule that sends every 45 minutes. <laughs> um, okay, we're finishing off Movie Mondays this week with a small piece of news that I thought would interest you, Sean. That is the Batman news. Now, the Batman has many a villain appearing in it. Um, it and this is Robert Pattinson's The Batman, I should say. Uh, it, is, it has got, I think, seven villains, maybe six. But this yeah. week, one of our favourite actors in the world has come out and said, Dave Batista <gasps> said that he tried out for the role of Bane. How? To, Sorry. To star in the Batman movie, yes. How did he not get the part? They haven't got Bane in this movie. But he said he tried out for the role of Bane in the film. 
Right. Yes. So, so, okay, so do you think he might be Bane in future? I think if Dave Batista, I think this happened around the time that Dave Batista was having the whole thing with Marvel. And he was just like, fuck you, I'm not doing Guardians without James Gunn. Um, and I think he probably tried out then to be like, I'll go to DC. Um, and maybe that happened. But this is just my opinion, obviously. I don't know. I don't know when this man did the scheduling or, or did or tried out for this audition. But it would make sense that he was going through issues with Marvel. They had fired James Gunn over all the tweets from, like, this was last year. And so he says, right, I'll just try out for DC. Somehow DC seen this man walk in and did not cast him as, as bad. And if that happened and they didn't immediately say, right, Dave, we want you to come back for number two... They are fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah, like then now, like if that is the case, DC no longer gets any sympathy from me for anything <laughs> that they do. No, because if Dave Batista turns up and he's like, I want to play Bane, it doesn't take a genius to go, you know what? I think he might be perfectly casting himself. Oh, yeah, I think, but I think Dave Batista's his own, like, agent at this point. He's just like, I want yeah, I to think- do this. And he's and good enough to do it. He is, and he has enough fans now that they'll be like, no, he can do it. Trust me. I know everything. Now, may- maybe there was a thing that they didn't want to do Bane after The Dark Knight Rises. Maybe they didn't want to include him in this one. Um, and that could be the case. But surely he has come out and said, oh, he tried out for the Bane role. Because somebody tweeted him and was like, um, you, some, you should try out for Bane. And it was like, oh, it's going to be your dream, or be my dream to see you in that role. And he confirmed that he wouldn't be playing the role, writing, unfortunately, I won't be doing it. I tried my best. I already tried out. So he did audition for the role of Bane. Do you think he's allowed to say that, or he's just, he's just gone rogue? Uh, I think Dave Batista. would you want to say anything to Dave? Like, if you disagreed, imagine if you're an executive or a publicist with Warner Brothers or Marvel, and you're like, fuck, damn it, we, I, I'm so mad at Dave. I'm so, going to go tell him how mad I am. Yeah, someone needs to bring Dave back into line. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just looking at it like, Tommy, go talk to Dave. Why, can't, why do I have to talk to him? Go talk to him and tell he's in the wrong. Give out to him. Give him yeah. a piece of your mind, Tommy. Yeah. You be the bigger man. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy walks in, all five foot seven of them. Now, Dave, right? Stop that. I'm Stop not that here to fight. I'm not here to fight because if it did break into a fight, I feel like you might have me, t- Dave. But at the same time, don't be going around tweeting things. It's not great. It's just, it's Dave. I just. <laughs> I'm your old pal Tom. I'm your old pal Tom, Dave. You remember we've bought, we've been to the gym that one time. I passed you out. You did way more than me. Yeah. I passed out in the warm up. <laughs> oh, I I would love to see him as Bane. I think that's a great cast. I and I think that's mm. been a fan cast for a very long time. True. Um, and so far, like if he does, co- if they had him as Bane, that would mean the cast for this movie so far is Matt Reeves. As director, you've got Robert Pattinson as Batman, Andy Serkis as Alfred, you've got Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, Paul Dano as the Riddler, um, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, and Peter Sarsgaard um, is in the movie as well, we don't know what, but... That would also mean that Dave Batista is in as Bane, which would make this like this cast would be amazing. Maybe there was a case of they didn't want to bring somebody as big as I mean, like star power wise, not in wit. I someone as big as Dave Batista in and not give him a meaty role. Maybe, but like I also think they're not in the habit anymore of killing off their villains. I don't think so. He could just pop up again. You could even have a thing of uh, Colin Farrell's penguin like hires him at the end of this one. Oh yeah, that could that could work if he's like an after credits kind of thing even. Yeah, and then just in have the him second one he's Yeah, uh, you do like Nightfall. Oh, 
Nightfall and Batman used Robert Pattinson just bloody and bruised and beaten to within an inch of his life by Dave Batista. Holy shit! Wouldn't that be cool? I think that would be great, yes! Um, I think think Dave Batista coming out and saying this just says that he does not give a shit and I'm all about Dave. He just do do whatever you want to do. You're you're quite a big man. I'm not going to tell you anything else. I wouldn't dare, Dave. May I call you Dave? <laughs> no, no, I'll call you Sir. Good Sir. sir. Um, but yeah, I, I think also I think he's an absolute sweetheart. So I think he probably wouldn't do anything. Oh yeah, he's a really nice dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's it for this week's movie Monday, Sean. What a week! Like in in, in a world where movies are not being made, we always find good things to talk about. I think. Just night bitch. Night bitch is really what took my heart this week. <laughs> night bitch has stolen all of our hearts. I stole all of our hearts. Do you want to take us out, Sean? Yes, but thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. A uh, big thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Uh, Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson. Thank you all so, so much for supporting us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you would like to support us over on Patreon, uh, there's a link in the description if that's of any interest to you. Uh, last week or the week before, we put out our Lazarus Pit episode where we discussed the age-old classic of Batman and Robin, one of the greatest that- comic book movies of all time. It has Bane in it. It has the best portrayal of Bane, canonically. Has He has a top hat and he's driving. He's Oh, <laughs> we get into that scene in great detail. So if you think that's something you might be interested in, hop on over there and take a look. And big thank you again to everyone who does support us over there. Uh, we're also on all the social medias. They're all linked in the description. Or you can email us, heroesforhire underscore at Outlook. Dot com. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think that's it. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mean. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.